0: Sexy motherfucker. Welcome to Prince Track by Track, I'm your host Aaron and today we're going to be talking about The Sacrifice of Victor, which is the final track from the album I'm simply referring to as Love Symbol. It was recorded in December 1991 at Paisley Park and released on the 13th of October 1992. On the track it is Prince and the MPG. Uh, Michael B, Sonny T, Levi, Tommy Barbarella, Tony M, Kirky J, Damon D, Uh, And then on the horns, you have Michael Nelson, you have Kathy Jensen, David Jensen, uh, Brian Gallagher and Steve Strand. Of course, they were generally called the NPG Horns with Mm -hmm. a Z at the end um, because (laughs) Prince liked to do in that kind of thing. Um, And, you know, this is the final track of the album. It is, if you don't count the segues, which I personally don't, it is the 16th song on the album. But if you count the segues, then it's the 18th, Um, you know, so. There was a point apparently where this album had 24 tracks and this would have been like the 24th track on that album. That would I can't imagine what that would have been like <laughs> uh, listening to the longer version of that album. Uh, I think a few of those tracks actually came out as B-sides later on. So, mm-hmm. um, The track is 5 minutes 41 and joining me to talk about it today is Erin Gambrill. Hello Erin.
1: Hello.
0: And um, in terms of a genre... Uh, I feel like I'm going to struggle once more, as I probably have done for about 80 out of the last, like, 100 episodes of this um, podcast. Um, It's kind of, um, I don't know, it has, like, a kind of gospel influence, I would say. Um, But it's also kind of, um, you know, uh, kind of very, um, you know, kind of, it's very kind of rocky. Yeah. Like a very rock feel, uh, which is something that kind of goes through, you know, most of kind of diamonds and pearls in this album there is a kind of resurgence that prince has of kind of reintroducing guitars and you know michael b person on the drums michael b you know he's always you know putting down some very kind of heavy drums yeah. on everything yeah um you know and this song itself it tells like a very kind of odd story mm-hmm. <laughs> um although i like as well how prince prince opens it up after the question what is sacrifice mm-hmm. um where he says mpg and mass attack and then he goes sunny please and then we get the bass coming in yep uh so you know that sunny t is doing the bass um and then of course prince
1: so there's an element of funk too just like most of prince's songs. yeah
0: and prince says you know church if you will please turn to the book of victor (laughs) and of course he says we like to start at the top if you don't mind which you know and the story that's told here um, particularly the starting lyrics of what the main story is. Um, you have these weird kind of little interjections that are put in, like with the the sampler, where it's a, where it says "Don't say it, preacher." That keeps kind of coming yep. back. Um, and Prince starts off by saying, "I was born on a blood-stained table, cord wrapped <laughs> around my neck, epileptic till the age of seven. I was sure heaven marked the deck." And I mean, <laughs> that's like. It's intense. Uh, yeah, that's that's a, intense. that's a kind of dark way to start the song off. Um, For real. You know, and I don't think Prince himself, I mean, this is not autobiographical. I don't think Prince was born with his umbilical cord wrapped around his neck. Um, and I don't think he was epileptic at any point. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, like kind of, and then immediately going into the kind of chorus, <laughs> which is, I, yeah. I know Joy lives around the corner. Uh, one day I, I'll visit her, I'm gonna. When she tells me everything, yeah. that's when the angels sing. That's when the victory is shown off. Um, which, you know, <laughs> is a phrase that I've seen Prince, you know, use before now. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> uh, and then of course, I mean, it's just that kind of, that opening verse is just so kind of, such a yeah. dark place to start this song.
1: Yeah, I, I when I think of a song and how it starts, um, I think it's like, I don't know if I've used this phrase with you before. I, I think it's a junky song, and I mean that in like the most positive best way. Like it's gloriously junky. Like there's so much going on. The horns, the drums, there's bells. There's like bells going on the whole time. Like <laughs> yeah. you know, like almost like jingle bells going on. Um there's like a rec- a few record scratches in the middle of it. Um yeah, and so to start with this like super intense set of lyrics, um, on top of like an already chaotic in the most fun way song um it's just like a wild ride <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> The song is a wild ride yeah and then of course you know we we get
0: the i mean in this there again prince has a little bit of kind of social commentary in a later verse but you know this the kind of second verse that he has where he says mama held her baby for protection from a man with a strap in his hand ask the victor about pain and rejection you think he don't when he do understand um so yeah. i mean
1: again that seems autobiographical that free that that birth really seems autobiographical yeah i mean
0: I, you know prince himself he had not like a terribly rough upbringing you know obviously his parents divorced and you know he, he was known to live you know some of his friends houses to kind of stay away from right. kind of the troubles his parents had um but you know yeah. i like the, the kind of picture that's being painted here is of like people just kind of wielding guns and babies being born with like you know, almost being strangled at birth. And I, like, it's so kind of, and then you also have the, the kind of the sample of We Sacrifice, which kind of keeps, keeps either coming in as yeah. a sample or people will actually sing the word sacrifice. Um, and at, at one point, I think, um, I think it's Kirk Johnson. He actually spells out S-A-C-R-I-F-I-C-E. <laughs> just in like in the middle of a, a kind of, almost like a R-E-S-P-E-C-T kind of thing. And you're like, you know, there's a lot of talk about like kind of, um, sacrifice, um, you know, and when we get to the third verse, yeah. you know, we have someone directing people turn the page, if you will, and then we have 1967 in a bus marked public schools, rode me and a group of unsuspecting political tools. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. our parents wondered yeah. what it was like to have another color near, so they put their babies together to eliminate the fear. I mean. You know, like, I don't think you would ever think to yourself, um, you know, in an album that basically is meant to be about Prince seducing a 16 year old princess from Arabia, would you end up at a point (laughs) where you're talking about separate but equal? I mean, um, right, right, right. (laughs) You know, Um, and then he says fighting one another because of our color. The angel of hate. She taught me how to kick her if she called her anything but Victor. And then Prince says a word which I, I cannot say. Um, And then, you know, he says, if the only thing that tells me is father time, then the sacrifice is the mother sublime. We love it. I mean, I don't I don't I mean, Prince, obviously, you know, in in in, you know, Minneapolis, it was a very kind of a very white city, by which I mean, like 98 percent white, like, you know, super white. Um, And so obviously, you know, Prince, uh, it's interesting because if you look at the new power generation uh, on this, you know, that are on this album and on the previous album. Uh, you'll notice that, you know, basically, aside from, you know, um, the horn section, um, you know, you have Tommy Barbarella and that is essentially the only white guy that's left in the band, you know. At this point, Prince had kind of, the revolution was, you know, it had brown mark in there, but it was mostly white. So by the time you get to this point, Prince is kind of, um, almost kind of trying to embrace his black roots a bit more. And he has a band that Mm -hmm. is mostly black. Um, Mm -hmm. And and that kind of feels like something that kind of contributes to, you know, particularly the lyrics of this song. I mean, sure. you know, there's a lot of kind of political stuff that Prince is putting in here that, you know, two or three years earlier, you wouldn't have even thought that Prince would have gone in this direction.
1: Right. I think the imagery in this to me, uh, yes, he definitely talks about the the race issue, but I've, there's so much child, parent and child imagery going on. Um, and I, I mean, I, I guess we could talk about what our guesses are, maybe what the sacrifice is, but that's sort of what I think is that like, he's sort of talking about sacrificing childhood in some sort of way, but I, I don't know in what way, I don't know. Like I've been, you know, when I listen to the song and when I, when I think about the lyrics, um, I'm not quite sure what he means, but I think, I think you're right. I think part of this is slightly biographical for sure, based on other, um, content he's created that he's been clearly by bi- autobiographical about. Yeah. Um,
0: so I don't know. It's interesting, and I do. I do love the little interjections because before he starts the next verse, after after the previous chorus, we get "Hold your text, Deacon." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like the idea that this is kind of um, this is you know it's not Prince saying this maybe, but this is certainly someone from a pulpit, kind of trying to preach and kind of get a message across, um, you know about uh, you know a, a certain political situation, um, you know, and and Prince saying never understand my old friends laughing. They got high when everything else got wrong. (laughs) And you have like a little interjection to someone (laughs) saying, pass the booze up here. And it's like, Dr. King was killing the streets. They started burning. When the smoke was cleared, their high was gone. And, you know, obviously talking about, you know, kind of, uh, you know, the riots of the the late 60s. And, you know, obviously the the kind of the struggle for, um, you know, equal representation and, uh, you know, certainly voting rights. Um, so you know i mean prince said it when he said 1967 you know he's not hiding exactly what he's talking about here um but then he kind of goes off in a little bit of a direction where he says education got important so important to victor a little more important than ripple and weed now i don't know what ripple is i mean (laughs) it sounds like prince is like inventing a drug there basically (laughs) just to you know because it fits in and then he says bernadette's a lady and she told me Whatever you do, sir, yeah. a little discipline is what you need. Is what you need. You need to sacrifice.
1: Go back on the the parent child because I'm like really trying to wrap my mind around this. When I think about um, just talking about the notion of parents and, and children, we usually think about parents sacrificing things for their children, yeah, or parents, uh, you know, giving to children, or whatever. But in this song, at, at every step of the way, every verse, even like you know when the kids are put on a bus to um act as political tools um that it seems like the children are being sacrificed for the well-being of the parents or maybe the continuation of of generations or something and yeah. so yeah um e- like even even the opening scene of him being born on a bloodstained table that like sounds like <laughs> literally a child being sacrificed yeah just by being born just <laughs> by being born so um yeah so it's interesting to think about it in that way of him like turning that trope on its head um obviously there's a lot of christ-like imagery in here too yeah um but yeah i really think the child thing is like so it's there's a lot to unpack i guess <laughs> <laughs> you know
0: and i i mean i think as well you know like you say i mean certainly some people felt that like kind of you know the forced integration of schools um you know was gonna have a negative effect on those children and that's why that people wanted to kind of keep segregation um, so there is kind of an element of truth that you know i mean I, the people who took part in that you know the kind of the forced integration or what what have you um you know they they didn't think it would kind of was detrimental and they actually felt that you know like the integration really helped them because it exposed them to sure. kind of other cultures and stuff so you know it was it ended up yeah. being a positive thing but at the time obviously it could be seen as you know, like a, a kind of sacrifice, just to kind of keep the peace, um, or you know, or at the, or that particular time, kind of um, you know conform to what was the law, basically. Um, yeah. You know? Oh gosh. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's like no one's thinking about whether or not these children will be kind of separated from their friends that they've been to school with or whatever. Or they're just thinking about, well, we have to stick, you know, a few on each bus and bus them to somewhere else. So we can kind of stay within the law and, you know, kind of comply with this ruling and just kind of, you know, essentially kind of experiment. I mean, saying that pretty much any kind of policy in education is almost always an experiment with children. Yeah. You know, there are so many changes that kind of, you know, it doesn't matter what you do. I mean, obviously we see this with the nonsense about Common Core. You know, people feel that that's some kind of like crazy experiment with, with children's minds. Um, So it feels right, like right. anything that takes place in education is always seen as like... Um, some kind of experiment or sacrifice as it were yeah
1: well that's definitely part of it but i think the on the the larger scale like i think the notion of we have to atone for the sins of our fathers i don't know i think that really now that i'm thinking about it that is a very common prince theme really when he thinks about where he comes from or um yeah like his just his place in history and our place in history and so that i think that's maybe is part of the sacrifice is that um You know, you have to sacrifice for something that you weren't even um, asked to do. Like you just have to do it just just by being born. You're you're asked to sacrifice, which is interesting. And
0: I I think as well, you know, obviously thinking about Prince's career by this point, you know, obviously his first few albums were kind of, you know, his first two albums were kind of big, big hits on the black charts, but they didn't really cross over. You know, his second two were kind of critically acclaimed. And then with like 1999, he he started to cross over a little bit, you know, obviously Warner Brothers released Little Red Corvette like six or seven times before it became like a crossover hit. And then eventually with Purple Rain, he kind of crossed over by kind of going in a completely like rock direction. And then, you know, it seemed like Prince, you know, was not kind of comfortable with kind of crossing over and becoming, you know, mainstream and then spent the next kind of the rest of that decade kind of trying to get away from Purple Rain and that success. Um, And, you know, it's interesting that this this song, you know, is on an album that is essentially an unpronounceable symbol, which obviously later on will become his name. So it's almost like he's daring people to go, you know, how are you going to ask for this record? Because... You can't say the name yeah. of it. Like He's he's trying to be as difficult as he possibly can, almost as almost yeah. as a way to try and stop himself from being mainstream at this point.
1: Yeah, it's like out of spite, it feels like.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so obviously having a song like this, finish the album, which has kind of got a lot of kind of political themes and stuff. Yes. You know, it's kind of an interesting way, you know, almost to challenge like, you know, the white audience that he's crossed over to you know as if to say look you know he, he, you know he's black he grew up in a very white town but you know he's here with this band who mostly are black and there's you know issues that they have yeah. that even as like a successful kind of you know pop star you know there's still a certain amount of kind of um you know feeling like you're you're, you're you know you're the other and that you don't kind of belong and uh you know and and at a certain point obviously You know, Prince had a, a, you know, a relatively easy career. Like he got successful very early on. Mm -hmm. You know, he he's recording this song in a gigantic mansion, um, (laughs) that you know. So it's not like he has a certain level of hardship, but at least he's willing to kind of look back and say, well, you know, what happened before I managed to become a success and, you know, like what, what was going on, you know, when he was, when he was younger, you know, obviously he was born in, in what, 50, 58. Mm -hmm. So by the time you get to 67, he would have been nine, you know, he would have been in school, you know, the whole kind of issue of of kind of busing children would have been an issue that probably would have, it might've affected him, um, you know, living in, in quite a white city. And so, you know, obviously it's interesting to kind of see this perspective um, on an album that kind of begins with him saying my name is prince <laughs> yeah. and i am funky and then and then you finish it with this whole thing where he's talking about you know uh, we don't mean to take up your time but we got something heavy on our minds yep uh, yes we do and we gotta and he says you've got to leave the one you love everybody wave your hand around the corner there's another sacrifice but you got to do the best that you can y'all and I like, I like occasionally when the, the Minnesota noise creeps into Prince, um, you know, and he says, say, you got to go through it. You got to go through it all high glory, sell it. Don't tell it. Don't tell me. And he says, Lord, I might get tired, but I've got to keep on walking down this road yeah. when I reach my destination. And then he finishes with something that you basically can't understand uh, where he says, my name will be Victor. And then he finishes the whole album by going, amen. Uh, yep. And it's such a, like you know print as i've said many times prince never kind of hid his religious side uh, but no, to kind yeah. of finish this finish start this album with my name is prince's sexy mf and then finish <laughs> it with finish it with three chains of gold and then sacrifice a victim and then finish it by singing amen, amen. as like as like the, it's it's you know yeah it's it's one of those things that kind of only prince could kind of yeah. get away with
1: yeah i mean i think that he yeah he often melded um like sex and and religion and, and Again, Christ. Like I think that this, the, uh, this has a lot of Christ imagery, and I think that he, from what I understand of, of Prince, what I assume of him is that I, I feel like he finds Christ to be really relatable, and not, not in a way of like Prince being like I am the Messiah. Even though you know we've we've, <laughs> we've talked about before how he's had songs that he basically says he is the Messiah, but um, I think that he finds Christ relatable as like just a human um, so relatable to everyone. And so I think when the sacrifice of Victor, he's talking about his own sacrifice and his own relationship to, to Christ's story, but, um, but everyone else's as well. Like this is, you know, just by, just by being a person, you have to sacrifice, um, to be the victor or to be the winner or whatever, to come out on top. So, um, yeah, I like yeah. I like that about him—the the humanist aspect of him.
0: Obviously, as as this you know finishes the album, I just I just find it so odd that like kind of the last part of this song is just is just him saying amen, "Amen" and kind of yeah, and and you know it's kind of like a fitting end to, to an album that kind of goes in all kinds of different directions. Um, you know, particularly when you think of like love to the nines and the morning papers and, you know, arrogance and like, there's so many different types of songs that are, are kind of on this album. Yeah. Um, you know, and when this song came out, um, you know, obviously Prince was uh, preparing to change his name. Um, and the final words are, my name will be Victor. Um, and many people started saying that, you know, the symbol that Prince was changing his name to um, could be could be referred to as Victor, mm-hmm. to which Prince had to actually say, my name isn't Prince and it isn't Victor. <laughs> so like, he had to actually come out and kind of address this really weird thing. And some people even took the symbol and broke it down into little parts and spelt out the word Victor. Right. Um, because obviously you have like you know you have the circle at the top which is, could be an O, and mm-hmm. you have like you know the the point at the bottom which could be a V, and obviously the main part of it could be an I or a T. T so yeah. people were kind of finding the word Victor in this symbol, and obviously Prince is like no yeah yeah wow yeah it's like a, it's like a weird little kind of conspiracy thing yeah. that prince basically managed to shoot down straight away <laughs> and saying my name is not victor don't call me that <laughs> so.
1: i love how he's like he's mysterious in so many ways but when he wants to be clear about something boy is he a straight shooter <laughs> like to just yeah. come out and be like no it's not <laughs> you're wrong yeah. And
0: oh, I, I mean, my favorite thing about the name change, which obviously, you know, takes between this song, you know, the end of this album, it says Prince and the New Power Generation. We get the hits, the B-sides. The next time Prince records an album with the name Prince, you know, it's basically, you know, it has like a, a death date on it, basically, which is, you know, 1958 to 1993. Right. And, you know, that's kind of the end of Prince, essentially, Yeah. Uh, obviously for like six years. Um, so you know, like the name change was essentially the next kind of big thing that happened um after this album um and i think the funniest thing for me is um uh the the kind of the glyph that makes up his name was issued on a three and a half inch floppy disk to a number of like newspapers and magazines (laughs) so that they could they could put it into stories and accurately refer to prince by this symbol and so so wait
1: so prince himself or like his his people No, MPG, like MPG
0: Records. Yeah, MPG Records sent out these these floppies that were purple, I think. (laughs) They were purple floppies. And all they contained was the font set that allowed you to put Prince's name into articles correctly. (laughs) Um, so you know he, he, he like you say he was mysterious but at the same time so he was tickled. very practical yes yeah, he was I'm very so practical.
1: tickled by that I did not realise that that is amazing yeah so if you so,
0: uh, if you look on any articles from like the, from that time from like 93 yeah. 94 through to like 2000 when he, he changed his name back every time they have like the little print <laughs> symbol it's because they were given they were given a floppy disk that had that on as a font so that they oh, could I use it
1: love that oh, I love that very much that's great yeah
0: so you know that's the kind of next big you know the whole the whole my name isn't victor thing right. kind of came from this song but then you know he you know he he kind of made it clear what his name was which was you know the name of this album
1: yeah. uh, which
0: is you know unpronounceable yeah. <laughs> so um rather naturally you know nobody covered this song or nobody right. covered this song that i could find because like i said it's another song that kind of lives in the production uh, yeah. You know, everything that Prince is doing, the samples, you know, the kind of, you know, the, the, the kind of the, the, the kind of the keyboards, the bass, everything about yeah. it is, you know, is, is kind of the production of the song rather than like the straight up lyrical content. Yes, I'm yes, sure yes. if someone could actually take the lyrical content and kind of strip the song down, it would, you know, that would be quite an interesting song to listen to because, sure. you know, I feel I feel like the issues in the song haven't gone anywhere. Um, no yeah in in the last kind of like 20 years and the message
1: would be could could come across in such a different way if it was recorded yeah Uh, Yeah.
0: and obviously you know this is something that was kind of common with prince in the 90s which is when an album was out he would perform all the songs on the tour when the tour was over he would not perform those songs anymore and so sacrifice of victor was performed you know through 93 and, and 92 and basically prince then didn't didn't bother performing the song ever again (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, although curiously, there is a, a VHS that was released called The Sacrifice of Victor, um, which was a, uh, you know, which was a, a, a concert f- um, that was recorded in in uh, London in uh, September 1993. Uh, and mm. it has another song, a number of songs on there, like uh, The Undertaker, Call the Law, um, Peach, uh, like a live version of Peach. Oh, wow. Uh, with a little bit of chaos and disorder in there. Um, but the song that is not yeah. on there is The Sacrifice of Victor. Huh. <laughs> so... Uh, that's yeah, so the VHS was released as, you know, the Sacrifice of Victor, uh, but the song itself isn't on there. It's it's kind of, there's an introduction that has a little kind of snippet of it, you know, but the but the song yeah. is not performed. And, you know, you have like a House in Order, Hand in My Heart, The Ride. These are all essentially unreleased songs that are being performed live, including Prince doing Jailhouse Rock. But you just, wow. and The Undertaker, but you just don't have the actual title of the video, which is... I don't. Yeah. I don't know that, that was deliberate or anything, but I don't know. It's it's just it kind of it's kind of funny that you know Prince is like, yeah, let's release this live thing that I did, but you know, let's call it the Sacrifice of Victor. And I'm sure someone's like, so where's the Sacrifice of Victor on the track listing? And he's like, no, yeah. I didn't do that song.
1: <laughs> Not for this one. It's great.
0: I I would have to say um, I I I can only go as high as a four out of five, and I think mm-hmm. that's because. Um, you know, as much as I enjoy this song, it kind of feels a little too busy and a little kind of piecemeal. Yeah. And the message that Prince is trying to put across kind of gets a bit mudded in, in all the different kind of yeah. bits and pieces and the samples and you know it just it feels like it, you know uh, if they stripped it back just a little bit and it made it kind of a bit clearer as to what was going on yeah uh, it would have been a 5 out of 5 but i can't go any higher than yeah. a 4 for this one
1: yeah i would I, I would agree a 4 out of 5 i mean i love a a junky song like i love something that sounds like you know your house is full of people when you're listening to it um, cuz that's how this song sounds it sounds like a like a, yeah. like another party song it sounds like um but with such an interesting message, but I I do it's it's a song that warrants re-listening to over and over again because yeah. there's so many layers to it, and I mean even just talking about it for the short period we have, like there's so much to unpack with the the, the lyrics and then what he may mean and you know the the, the double meaning of Victor and um, yeah all of his little bon mots about sacrifice. So yeah, it's just there's a ton going on. Uh, we didn't even get into, like, who's Bernadette? Like, he, he mentions, a, you know, a name Bernadette or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, like, um, so, it, you know, because it's so re-listenable, um, yeah, I think a solid four out of five for sure. Uh, okay,
0: well, then let's go to plugs.
1: All right, so I host a podcast called Ladies Who Library. Um, I'm a public librarian, and so I talk a lot about things that have to do with a public library. Um, but I always have a guest on, and we talk about what we are watching, reading, and listening to uh so you can find that wherever you download podcasts or at ladieswholibrary.com
0: great stuff and you can find us on facebook at prince track by track or on twitter at prince podcast or you can email us not sure why you would uh, unless you know who bernadette is then yes. please do drop us an email <laughs> at at gmail.com uh, thanks for being my guest on this the final track of love symbol thank Aaron. you and the next time we speak to people we'll be talking about some b-sides um, you know, I obviously there are a few songs that Prince did for the hits, but then, you know, mostly the hits, the B-sides for me is about the B-sides. Uh, you know, I've covered most of the hits already. <laughs> so uh, there's, there's only a handful of those to cover. But, yeah, so we're going to be talking about the B-sides. And uh, and then after that, we have to get into the interesting world that was Prince, but not called Prince. Yes. Um, you know, so uh, I look forward to covering those albums. Um, so otherwise, thanks for listening and goodbye. Bye.